Welcome to episode 111 of Cowboys Drive Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How's it going? I'm doing all right. It's the midweek. Um, this is a weirdly busy week for April. Yeah, like there's, it kind of feels there's, that a, way. there's a lot going on, and there's nothing going on. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. I mean, even for me, this has been a, a crazy week for me with minor league opening day kind of being – you know, baseball's in full swing now, and I'm driving back forth between Tulsa and Oklahoma City while trying to finish wedding plans and graduate without, you know, just limping to the finish at this point. It's been it's been crazy for sure. When is the wedding date? When's June fifteenth. So we are less than two months out. Oh wow. That is big. That's big. So now it's just kind of get we're just trying to get there. And it's the same thing yeah. with graduation, just trying to limp to the finish and all that. You know, I feel like uh Jordan Belford and Wolf of Wall Street trying to climb into the Lamborghini, like just crawling. That's that's how I feel trying to get to graduation <laughs> at this point. That is an amazing visual. If if we had if this was a, a video podcast and not an audio one, I would interject that scene right here because it's a riot. So that's if, if you uh, if if anyone is good with Photoshop, and I may try and get uh, tag Tyler Wiederhoff in this if he could uh, just put college seniors as Jordan Belford and graduation as the car. And then we could just put that GIF in there. I think that would be that would be good for anybody to use. That, that's going to happen now. That's yes, happen. That, that's definitely going to happen. I'm I'm reaching out to him right after we're done after we're done recording this. Like before we move on, before we start talking about random stuff here, let's move on here for a second. And uh, college basketball signing period uh, after you know the the main signing period is this weekend. Chris Harris Jr., the former A uh, and M commit, is going to be committing Thursday. So when you guys are listening to this. Uh, more than likely, you will know where he's going to go, and it seems to be between Texas Tech and Oklahoma State are the main two. Am I correct on that, or is there one more uh, there? His his top three was OSU, A and M, A and M still in there. Be, okay. Yes, and Texas Tech. Okay, um, they're still in there, just like Texas Tech is. Let me look. Um, so I wrote a big primer on Wednesday uh-huh. to kind of just update everybody on on who to look for and and what to keep an eye on. Um, I, there's a there's a lot of rumors as to what exactly is going on with Texas Tech and Harris. He was supposed to go to Lubbock last weekend. We've seen some things that he didn't. We've seen some things that Texas Tech went to see him. We've seen some things that he rescheduled his visit for this coming weekend, but I would guess that one is wrong if he's committing on Thursday. I don't know what's going on. I uh, all the 24/7 and rivals experts who and we're talking I know that those aren't always accurate, but there is a point when the top guys whose percentages of accuracy are in the 90s, especially mid and upper 90s, when they're picking OSU, um, I feel good about OSU. Had he waited until next week, uh, I might have felt a little bit more cautious um, just because it would have it would have told me he probably went to Texas Tech this coming weekend and – I think OSU's landing him. I do. I think he's coming to OSU. I think he, he has a good relationship with, with Isaac Likely. I think he built a good relationship with Boynton. And I think the best opportunity for the most immediate playing time exists with Oklahoma State. So if I'm making a prediction, and I, I could, this could come up after he's out and I'm looking like an idiot, but I think he's going to go OSU. Yeah, that feels pretty good right now. I'm looking at the, the crystal ball predictions for uh, for Chris Harris Jr. And right now it's 62% is saying Oklahoma State, and then the other 38% saying SMU, so that's kind of interesting. I haven't well, seen anything. Well, all those, 
All those votes are old votes. All the That's SMU votes are back before he even committed to sign and signed to play for Texas A&M. So those are basically every new vote since he uh, was released from his, his letter of intent from A&M has been Oklahoma State. Yeah, and it, it's showing on the timeline on 24-7 that uh, it says March 30th he took his visit to Oklahoma State. And there is no uh, evidence of a, a visit to Texas Tech. So I think that could play in Oklahoma State's favor pretty well. Um, he has the offer from Oklahoma State. doesn't have an offer from A&M or from uh, Texas Tech. I apologize. So everything kind of seems to be lining up that Oklahoma State's going to land another really solid recruit uh, for this 2019 class. Yeah, so this would bump OSU up to uh, the 20th uh, ranked class for 2019. Now, matching him up with Avery Anderson, Marcus Watson, and the Boone Twins would be – that would be an incredibly talented and deep collection of freshmen. Definitely. Uh, it still leaves OSU with two scholarships available. I I think uh, they're looking at – one of the guys they've really been pressing on is is big man. I'm going to mispronounce this, but it's Dudu um, Gay. It's G-U-E-Y-E. So if you know the correct pronunciation, please let me know. Anyways, yes, please. He plays I, I want to be able to say it properly as well. He plays for Daytona State College, um, wh- who, whose former coach is now Oklahoma assistant coach Eric Pastrana, who recruited Gay to Daytona. Uh, so he's made an official visit to OSU. Uh, there are other schools in on him, including Arkansas, but I feel OSU desperately needs to add a big man, another big man in this class, especially with Duncan DeMuth leaving. Um, Guy is a guy who could come in immediately and and contribute. I mean, I, I think he's OSU. I think those those two are both going to go OSU. Him and Harris. Um, the intriguing thing to me is the third scholarship, um, and I think there's there's two ways for OSU to go, um, and, and and both are similar in that I believe OSU needs to f- look at that third scholarship as something toward the future, not toward the present. Uh, and that's because uh, – so look at the roster for next year. You've got all five returning starters. You've got Curtis Jones. And then you've got – let's say Harris does commit and uh, and Dudu does commit. That's 12 guys who are all going to be fighting for playing time. You're not going to add a 13th guy who thinks he's going to play. Um, if you look forward to 2020, 2021, you're losing McGriff. You're losing Waters. You're losing Dizzy, and you're losing Curtis Jones. To me, the best thing for OSU is to bring in a guy who's going to sit a year and then be able to contribute, not this upcoming season, but the season after. Um, you could bring in a, a, a high school kid um, who just needs some time to develop. That might be helpful. I think your best option is on the transfer market and finding a guy that's going to have to sit a year so that when you when you get to not this coming season, but the season after, and your only upperclassmen are junior Yorane and junior Isaac Likely. You have a guy with experience who's been in the program for a year and is ready to go and contribute. I think that's the best option for OSU at this point is to bring in a transfer who's going to sit a year and play at least two. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, there's been a, not a lot of names that OSU has been connected with, but none. Nothing's really seemed to to go beyond contact at this point. But to me, that's the best option 
for OSU is a guy who comes in, sits here, and is immediately ready to contribute to a team that's going to have two juniors and a ton of freshmen and sophomores. I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, I don't foresee them if you know saying that Guy and Chris Harris Jr. commit, then you then you have twelve guys, and also that's a team that's really deep that can that you feel like I would feel comfortable putting all twelve of those guys on the floor at some you know in some capacity. So I think yes. that's going to make Oklahoma State a very deep and dangerous team next year. And do I think they're going to be able to compete for Big Twelve title? Absolutely not. But when you finish ninth in the Big Twelve, you can only you can really only go up from there. So I think they, that would make Oklahoma State a very intriguing team. And I think Guy really would make this team really athletic. He's six nine, two twenty, power forward, but he can also shoot and stretch the floor. And mm-hmm. son of a gun, you, you make you know that you know helps. Cam, I feel like that helps Cam McGriff in a sense because he. You know, kind of struggle from outside this year, and Cam really can bang around in the post and score that way. Man, that that would I think that would just provide a more depth. Would be just be able to stretch the floor of the guy that can legitimately shoot from outside. That would that would be a lot of fun to watch, and I think that would help out even a guy like Lindy Waters as well, taking a little bit of pressure off him as well. So I think that would you know, there's a lot of different ways Oklahoma State could go with this, and I agree. I would go. I would rather go on the transfer side of things rather than banking on, you know, giving a guy that has to sit for a year because you just don't know at that sense, like a, like a two-star, you know, high school guy. I would rather go and get someone that's a little bit, at least somewhat proven from the transfer market, have them sit for a year, play for two, and then be able to join in with, you know, a team that, you know, is young, but experienced. And I think that would really help Oklahoma State moving forward. Do you have any, there is there anybody that's really kind of stood out that maybe Oklahoma State could go get on the transfer market you're better equipped to answer this and talk about it than I am because quite frankly I don't follow the recruiting side of things as close as you and the Harris twins and Zach McCoy do there are hundreds of kids in the transfer market and I'm not kidding when I say hundreds Um, and a lot of the guys that OSU has looked at um, Darius McNeil from Cal just committed to SMU Um, there was a little rock wing uh, Ray John Tucker but uh, he, they, OSU seems out on him. Everybody that, that OSU has reportedly been in contact with, it, it does feel like they're in the running for outside of maybe um, uh, North Florida forward uh, Noah Horkler, which might be, but he's a sit one, play one. He, he's, he left North Florida because he's basically kicked off for issues. And frankly, with all the problems pointing his head with players having to kick off the team, I don't think now is the time to, to take a chance or a gamble on a guy um, who's had some off-the-court problems. Outside of that, I mean, I, I could speculate on some people, but I don't I don't want to because I just I I haven't seen anything as far as OSU is talking to this person or this person and and things are, are moving in that direction. Okay. Well it'll be definitely something to keep an eye on here in the next few weeks as the signing period is opened up. All right, so now moving on, uh, Oklahoma State, both baseball and softball played home games last night, softball against Tulsa and Oklahoma State baseball against Dallas Baptist, both getting wins, huge midweek wins, really good RPI win for Oklahoma State, who really needed a win like that before a big series coming up against Texas. But, you know, and I'm going to keep shouting out the softball team because those girls can play, and they are all very talented and very good. They're 33-11, and 11, if you didn't know. If you had the chance to go to the softball field, the softball stadium, and watch a game, I highly recommend it because this team is legitimately very, very good, and that's not an, and not to take away from the baseball team either. They are playing good baseball despite kind of being on the unlucky side of things, especially against Kansas this weekend. You know, kind of slugging their way through the series, but still losing two out of three. 
the series against Texas is going to be a big test. And it'll be a fun weekend in Stillwater if you're able to make it out. Obviously, we've got the spring game. Remember the 10 run. But don't be afraid to go to Alley P as well and go watch those guys play Texas. That's going to be a big series. Yeah. The win over DBU is nice. And we could sit and talk about baseball. But I think we talk a little bit too much about baseball. What I mean by that is, you know, football, basketball, and men's basketball and baseball are what moves the needle. That's what people click on. That's what people want to listen to. That's what they want to hear about. But frankly... OSU's women's teams, um, softball, uh, women's tennis, and and this year's soccer team, last year's soccer team, the end of the season was completely derailed because all their best players got hurt. A lot of them are back this year. OSU's women's teams, outside of men's golf, are what are keeping OSU athletics afloat this season. That softball team is really good. College World Series, good. Yes. Um, the women's tennis team, uh, they're the, the, they finished second behind Texas. Uh, the only loss they had in, the, in Big 12 play was to Texas. This is the tennis team that a few years ago got to the NCAA championship finals. Um, we're, we're working on a, on a, on a debate post on which, which women's team we think can win a national championship first. And I, I think it's tennis, but I, I think OSU women's sports right now are the best they've ever been. And Huge, huge props to the softball team because I can never pronounce the head coach's name right, so I'm not going to try now. Um, he has completely turned this program around, and it is it is one of the best in softball right now. It is a top 25 program right now because of what he's done. Yeah, this is a huge trade. I'll go ahead and say because I actually know how to pronounce it somehow. Uh, but Kenny Gajewski has done a fantastic job at Oklahoma State. They've improved every season that he's been here. I believe this is his fourth year. He's been here every year since I've been at Oklahoma State. And it's been so cool to see the program progress year in, year out. You know, a perfect balance of young players that are really good. Cheyenne Factor is going to be an uh, all-big 12 player in center field. But then you have your seniors like Matty Sumontgomery, uh, Riley Bayless, Taylor Lentz, uh, Samantha Shaw, uh, who's a grad transfer from Texas A&M. And they're all contributing and all playing well. And they, they're just a general, a fun one. A fun team to watch. I don't know if you knew, but uh, Riley Bayless uh, had ten hits in a three-game series against Iowa State over the weekend. I think I did. I, I think it was an. I think yeah, her she hit like eight thirty-three within a slugging percentage north of sixteen hundred. Like it's just absurd. She's really really good and fun to watch like, because she when she hits one, you know she hit one because she'll bat flip and it's awesome. And I think that's what makes them so fun to watch too. Is that not only are they winning and they're doing well doing you know in these games, but they're having fun yeah. too and they're you know making the game fun, which is you know a huge thing in Major League Baseball now the movement to let the kids play. But now we're seeing it over on the softball side too, like Samantha Shaw's bat flip against Oregon, which was incredible by the way. Oh my gosh, yes. It got huge notoriety all over Major League Baseball, and they'll be cut for, you know, picked it up, and a bunch of other publications picked up. It's just a general, this is cool. And to see that for Oklahoma State and from a program that's really on the rise and up and coming in softball is incredible. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do as the season moves on. Yeah, they are, you you said they're 33 and 11. They're 10 and 2 in the Big 12, currently sitting in, in second place. Um, They've got seven games left before the Big 12 championships. They've got it's, – it's a light week. Uh, they've got North Texas, and then they close out with the series against Texas Tech and OU, who is king of softball. Yes. Like just flat out. Um, that series, two in Stillwater, one in Norman, that's going to be a huge series. That series could decide the Big 12. Um, and OSU – look, OU is 
OU, OU is damn good. OU is 38 and 2. Let me just, just let that thing in. In softball, OU is 38 and 2. They're damn good. OSU has a shot to, to win that series. They're, they have, they do. I'm not saying they're going to, um, but especially with two games in Stillwater. I hope that place is packed. I hope I will be there. That, if I if that, I absolutely can be, I will be there. That is the third, fourth, or the third and fifth of the two Stillwater games of May. I hope that place is packed. Um, but the softball team is legit. I mean, they they really are, and they deserve way more praise and props and and talk than we than we give them. And um, I mean, we're as bad as everybody else when it comes to it. And I'll fully admit it. We we need to do a better job of, of really giving them praise because they deserve every bit of it. Absolutely, every chance of it. Because I do high noon highlights on Monday and Wednesday, and every time I see any opportunity to put something softball in there, I'm I'm finding a way to do it because the the girls deserve it. And I think Oklahoma State in general needs to give them the recognition that they so well have earned. Uh, not only do they deserve, but they have earned it with how well they have played over the course of the last few seasons, and especially this one. Before we move on uh, to a little bit of spring football and our final topic about how Pistol Pete has taken over the country, we'll be right back uh, with a commercial break and a message from our sponsors. And now we're back, and we got spring football in Stillwater, big spring weekend with, obviously, as I mentioned, the Texas series, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Stillwater. Remember the 10 run on Saturday morning, and then on Saturday afternoon, we got spring football in Boone Pickens Stadium which is just exciting just to have a little bit of football in the, you know, in the off season. Uh, but Philip, is there anything that you're kind of looking forward to or hoping to see, you know, I mean, I don't think you're not gonna be able to be there. What, right? No, I, um, it's Easter weekend. It's my daughter's first Easter. Um, so we are not going to be going out of town, um, to still water because it's on Easter weekend. Not my fault. Sorry. Um, and it won't be on broadcast anywhere. So I'm just going to have to hope that I can find tape somewhere. I mean, for me, it's just how do the quarterbacks look? Um, who 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 looks like they're going to be named the starter? Because I have a feeling we're going to get a starter named not long after the spring game. Um, what what new offensive wrinkles do we get from, from Coach Gleason? Um, I mean, that, that's the big thing. Uh, I, it, it's going to be hard to take too much away from spring games. It really is. It's, right. it's so hard to do so. Um, but I, I'd like to just see what – I think it's just what do we see and what can we take away uh, from it. I, I'll be curious to see who lines up on defensive line to start with because that's, that's going to be a big one. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be there either because it is Easter weekend. I'm going to uh, back up to Kansas City with my fiance to go spend time with my family for uh, for the uh, for the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be there, but I'm hoping that they're in Oklahoma State has been really good in the past, especially the football Twitter page of posting little clips and pieces of film and keeping everyone updated on those who can't be there about what's going on during the game and little clips of you know some highlight reel plays and things like that but I, I mostly do want to see and I'm going to be interested to see the articles and see you know the reaction afterwards of what do Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders looks like look like and like you said I, I think there will be a starter named pretty soon after Gundy usually doesn't like a ton of uncertainty and he names his starters pretty quickly after you know after spring practice or at the beginning of fall camp not usually leading right up to uh, kickoff of the first game. But I think with the way that you know, having both those guys in the uh, in the system for over a year now, I think he can make a pretty good assessment of who he wants after a little bit of live action and gameplay for people to see. I 
do you have any way of which way you'd lean about who you prefer to see as a starter or what what are what are your thoughts because i kind of go back and forth on both i i want to see spencer sanders because if spencer sanders can't win the job over to brown i've got serious concerns about spencer sanders that too then it's no long then it because because then it's no longer about well gundy just picked cornelius over spencer last year it's about oh maybe spencer's not as good as we thought he was going to be. Right. Um, and that that's a real concern. I will so say, my hope is he comes away with this with the job and looks like the guy who should have the job. Right. There, I've seen little clips and pieces from people that have said Spencer Sanders has had a good spring, but obviously that's practice without a ton of uh, you know, stuff going on. So I will be curious in a somewhat pseudo game-like setting how he reacts. Uh, but he seems like a guy that, you know, I feel like when the lights come on, maybe he shines brightest, who knows. Uh, but I, I will be interested to see what both guys are able to do and what they're capable of in this offense. And I'm excited to kind of see what Sean Gleason uh, brings to the table and what I imagine it's going to be very vanilla just because it's a spring game and you don't want to show too much, but what little wrinkles and what little formation differences we see will be very intriguing for me. Yeah. And moving on to our last topic here, uh, over the last couple of days, people have been debating about the best pistol Pete because there's so many different varieties of him and it's caught, a little bit of national attention and people all over the country. You know, obviously, it's, he, Pistol Pete's an awesome mascot. And to see Oklahoma State do so many iterations of him is pretty cool. Who is your favorite Pistol Pete? Oh, it's old school swinging Pete. Yep, that, I'm the like, same way. Golf, golf course, old school. Not, 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 no shag against new one. But skinny, big-headed, old school Pete. Um, and really, it's not even the, the swinging one is cool. It's the one with him kind of lead, standing leaning against the uh, the golf club like it's a cane, uh, pimp style. That is um, – that's my favorite Pete. That that Pete is is too cool. I love that that style from back in the day. But that that old school Pete is is pretty awesome. It's 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 close. Um, hulked out wrestling Pete is like one one A. I'll just be honest. Um, and prosthetic leg Pete is weird, but so you that is hilarious. Okay? <laughs> and I, I'll say this so. Um, my my year at OSU was 0304. Um, that is you know the final four. The last time OSU went to the final four, but that's the year that Sutton had the players throw on football pads um, and and rebound after they lost to BYU. One of the stores in town, and I feel bad because I can't remember if, if I think it was Chris University Spirit. It may have, it may not have been. It was one of the stores made a shirt that had Pistol Pete in football pads dunking a basketball. I can't. I've lost that shirt long ago, and if I could find that, that was the best thing I'd ever seen. Was Pete in football pads dunking a basketball, and it was, it was so cool. And I've, I have got. If anyone, if anyone has that shirt or has that image or can get it, like please tweet it to us, please. I want it so bad. Yes, I, I love that. I, whenever I feel bad, I always go and look at that clip of. Uh, and I just need a little bit of a chuckle. I go and look at the old clip, uh, the news clip of uh, Eddie Sutton having his guys in football pads for practice. I just think that's one of the funniest things. And <laughs> you can't do it now because everyone's too, too sensitive. But I love. I just it's just peak Eddie Sutton. Like it's just awesome. But oh, yeah. but I'm with you. I think the old school swinging Pete is awesome. I loved when they wore those during the NCAA tournament last year or the NCAA championships at Carson Creek. I love mm-hmm. wrestling Pete as well. Uh, the whole the Hulked out one is the best. I think it was. Uh, Seth Duckwork from Pistols Firing that does the wrestling stuff, and he put Preston Weigel next to 
the uh, mm-hmm. the the Hulked Out Pete, and it looked pretty much the same. So therefore, Preston Weigel is Hulked Out Pistol Pete. Yep. Yeah. He is. He is the walking, uh, living embodiment of wrestling Pete. Yeah. But no, I love how much recognition it's getting. I think it was Bill Conley asked for all of the Pete shirts from SB Nation. He said, just give me yeah. all of them and I will wear them. And I think that's that's pretty cool to see people that aren't necessarily affiliated with the school that still think it's cool uh, how many different ver- uh, variations our school does of our mascot. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Him and George Schroeder are both like, I got I, I, I got a Pokemon these and I got to get them all. I got to have them all. Yeah, exactly. All right. Do you have any final thoughts here? No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I think man. we it's, hit a bunch of topics good. today. We were very productive here on a uh, Wednesday afternoon. Yes, yes, we were. Right. Why not, man? It's it, like it's like I said. It's a week where there's a lot going on and nothing going. Yeah, on. Exactly. All right. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter, Philip? Follow me personally at OKTXAR Poke. It's Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Follow at Royals Farm for all of your Royals needs, if you have any, because the team sucks. Um, but if you'd like to know about the future of the team, you can go to our site and you can enjoy yourself because in a few years they might actually be good. Um, and also in the middle of May, we are putting out an ebook that you can buy as a PDF that has all of your draft needs. If you're interested in the first year player draft in June, we have scouting reports and previous draft stuff for the Royals. There are more details to come, but right now that's the initial plan. And I'm really excited to be part of it as well. Writing a few uh, scouting reports on some of the guys that are going to be, uh, hopefully the Royals take at number two in the draft. And I think that's all we have for this one. So thank you everyone for listening and we will be back with the next episode after the weekend.